Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and we are two days away from Thanksgiving, and it's a time to be thankful and gobble up as much turkey as possible, and also for us to max out our credit cards for Black Friday sales. Speaking of which, we have an array of movies talking today. We're going to be talking about Puppy Stars, Christmas, Cat in the Hat knows a lot about that. And also, we're going to be talking about the Nutcracker and the Four Realms and Instant Family. Right now, we're going to kick off the segment with the wonderful Seven and Natalia talking about Puppy Stars Christmas. Thank you, YouTube, for being on the show. So, um, well, let's get right into it. Um, I, I'm made aware that you two kind of had like a, a little Puppy Star um, viewing party. Am I correct? Yes, yeah, I did. So, um, you guys think of the film overall. Um, Seven, we'll start with you. I thought it was great. Like, um, my favorite part about, like, everything in the movie was actually just, like, the dogs. Because the dogs are really cute, and when they save Santa Claus. And Natalia, what did you think about the film? Well, I enjoyed how Tiny and P.U.P. introduced four new pups to the family. I thought it was such an adorable. And I love how this film expresses to you like what Christmas means in the four little pups hearts which I thought was meaningful to me because I got to experience what they think Christmas is and it was really touching to me. Speaking of which the holiday seasons are right around the corner and this is a time for all the holiday films to come out some classics some new ones of course we have the Grinch coming up as well so um what do you guys think makes a good Christmas slash holiday film um seven let's start with you. I think like like um, family coming together and like a Christmas tree with presents and Santa Claus and elves. Uh, and Natalia, what do, you, what do you think makes a good Christmas movie? I think um, the, I think when it a t- this touching movie, like I think it presents you singing Christmas songs on the way, which I think that's what I am. I always do that and like you can sing it to school, to work, and maybe to your Christmas recital at school. Definitely singing, dancing, warming up on the fire. I mean, like, there's nothing like watching a good holiday movie during the holiday season. So it's great. This one is a great film to kick off that wonderful time of the year. So, um, Seven, what would you say is your favorite character in this film? I would say my favorite character in this film is Lou. She's my favorite character because, like, she's the one who always helps the puppies. So I think that's really nice of her. So that's why she's my favorite character. Fantastic. And uh, Natalia, what did you think uh, is your favorite character in this film? I think my favorite character is Tiny, who is voiced by Caitlin Mayhew because she has such a big heart. She loves her pups. She's always caring for others. And she's always just being a great mom for her four new pups and just a great wife to PUP. And I think her she's heartwarming and she makes everybody feel valued in the movie. And she makes her... Pups feel so good. And one of the things that I most love about her is one of her person her personality. It's so bright and outgoing. She's always jolly through the hard times and she's just just amazing. Adorable. And of course, since this film is called Pup Star, of course there's gonna be a lot of dogs, a lot of adorable furry yeah. friends. Um, what did you think about the animals in this film? So um seven, let's start with you. 
I thought they were so adorable, especially like Pew because I like like he was like he had a lot of hair. It was cute for some reason. Of course, and I, I gotta admit, I am a dog person. I'm sorry, cat people, but I am a dog person. They are yeah. a pet, in my opinion. So, um, Natalia, what did you think about the animal training in this film? Well, I think the pups made me love the movie even more. They were so, I think they all just had a different part of them, and they all had a different meaning of what Christmas meant to them, and I love to learn that about them. And especially meeting them in, um, meeting them in real life who voiced them and got to meet actually them, it was just amazing. That's interesting, and we'll talk about um, your your meeting with them in just a little bit. With that said, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Today, we're going to be talking about Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. We're also going to be talking about Instant Family and The Nutcracker and Four, Four Realms. We're going to continue our conversation with Natalia and Seven about Pup Star Christmas. So, um, Natalia, you mentioned that you met some of the voice actors of this film. So, tell me a little bit about how that went on. Well, of course, I got to meet Tiny, P.U.P., and even the people who voiced them, such as Caitlin Mayher, um, Mackenzie Soule, and also Mackenzie Moss, who played Lou. It was amazing. I got to interview them, and I got to see the movie and who they play, and I thought it was just a great experience. Amazing. Very good experience, definitely. So, um, Seven, um, what would you say is your favorite scene in this film? I'd say my favorite scene in this film was actually, like, the last part. Because, like, that's the part when um, Santa Claus actually gets unlocked from the big candy canes that's, like, a jail. And when, like, Santa Claus shows them the book that um, that the guy is actually not bad. He's actually a good guy. And um, they actually bring him presents. So, yeah. And he finds out that um, he actually gets them and he wasn't – and um, that Christmas is good now. And why did you why did you like that scene? Because like it was it was really cool. Like when he got out and he finally um knew that um what the nanny what the nanny what the nanny told him like it's not true. He was actually a good boy. Like when he was younger. That's very sweet. And um, seven. What did you enjoy most about this film? I. I, I really enjoyed the puppies. They're really cute. Definitely. So, um, Natalia, what would you say is the age range for this film? Um, I would get this film an age recommendation of 7 to 14, and I think adults will enjoy it as well. Oh, certainly. Definitely. I don't think there's an age range for the dogs. Um, how many stars do you get this film? My star rating would be a 5 out of 5 stars. And why is that? I give this film a 5 out of 5 stars because this film will, as I said before, will express to you what Christmas means. And it all, it just brings you very much joy. It seems like an adorable film. A lot of puppies. really shows you the meaning of the holiday season. Um, Definitely. It seems so adorable. Um, so, um, Seven, um, is there anything about this film that you really got to like, talk about? Because it's like, since this film is a lot of puppies, a lot of wonderful holiday feelings. What did you think is the, what is something you really want to talk about this film? I really want to talk about like, um, when, when, um, the guy, the bad guy who was going to steal Christmas, how he like came to the, like the elf and, and just said that he was like, 
Santa Claus, but he wasn't. And he just came like he was actually the boss. And then it was there was a really funny part in this film. It was the part like when um when he was about to go ahead where everyone's at and he was going away to the North Pole and he was coming to where like all the people live and he and like he he saw the reindeers talking about him and then the reindeer he got scared that was a funny really funny part and my favorite part definitely sounds like some great humor in this film and what would you think about the music in this film seven oh the music was really good like it really went well like went through this film like it was um really good like everything that Every um, scene that had music, it was perfect. It was like the right moment for that music. Natalia, what did you think about the music in this film? I thought it was very unique, outgoing, and I thought it was very colorful and bright, and it really fit with the theme of Puppy Star Christmas, and I just enjoyed it. Absolutely wonderful. And uh, do you feel like this film has a specific message that the, uh, is trying to tell the audience? Definitely. Um, well, I love how the Christmas spirit is saved, and I love how the four pups set on a quest to find Santa Claus. And they recover the true meaning of Christmas, which I think everybody should know. And I think the part of this film will adore many because of the huge hearts that the little pups have. Um, so what do you feel like this film teaches kids? I think it expects you. I think it expects you the meaning of Christmas and what the part, the four the four little pups have to bring. Well, it sounds like this film has a lot of high cuteness and a wonderful warm feeling, which is perfect for this holiday season. So thank you so, so much, you two, for talking about Pup Star Christmas. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. This movie is out on Netflix and on demand right now, so please go check it out. It's a wonderful stocking stuff for you to go see. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by The New Adventures with Gumby, 80s edition. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring.
are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished talking about Puppy Star Christmas, and now we're going to be talking to Seven about Cat in the Hat knows a lot about that season two. So, Seven, can you tell us about this uh, DVD and kind of about what the show is about? So, actually... It's, like, a lot of episodes, 20 episodes, but I think, like, all the 20 episodes is about, like, the friendship between the cat in the hat and these two six-year-olds, Nick and Sally. Now, maybe I got this wrong, but the show is educational, right? The the cat in the hat teaches the kids about different things. Yeah, like, a really lot of different things, like, about our... Our space atmosphere, and also how um, paper is made by trees, and lots more. Okay, that's really interesting. I like that they kind of included a classic character like Cat of the Hat and made it into an educational show. So yeah. did you think that they did a good job of teaching kids things? Like, did you feel like you learned something from the show? Yes, I actually learned a lot of stuff from this show. I, I learned, like, that um, about... The atmosphere, like, I saw, like, the planets and how they look, like, because I don't really see the planets every day, and I actually never saw some of those planets, so it's really cool to see what they look like. Yeah, that's the sad thing about living in Los Angeles. You don't see a lot in the sky about smog, but I'm really glad they were able to teach about that, and I know this is an animated show, so can you talk about a little bit about the animation? I believe it's 2D, right? Yeah. So, what was the animation quality like? It was, like, I thought they could use, like, a little change, because it kind of looked like it was made from the 90s or something. But if it was made from the 90s, that's okay. But I think they could use a little change to make it look more like now. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing a clip from it. I believe it is made now. It is definitely that kind of classical style. Like, they almost tried to make it look like one of the older Cat in the Hat shows that was very old style yeah i know what you mean yeah that's a very fair point um since it is meant for kids what age range would you give it i would give this like a three maybe to a 14 and why is that because like my brother he actually just turned three so and he watches he actually watched this like a lot with me because we watch this a lot of times so he actually watched it with me, so I think that's why I said three, because he's three, and he watched it a lot with me when I watched when I first got the DVD. Well, that's that's very very good reasoning right there. And on the high end, why do you think fourteen is the limit? Do you think it's not good for uh, older teenagers? Yeah, well, I think it's good for older teenagers to they might not know a lot about the Earth. It's just that like teenage teenagers like i think they would be more into like older stuff on netflix but they could be into this but it's just like how i think that it should be to like 14 well that's very fair and how many stars would you give this show i would give this um a a four out of five and why four out of five because this is a great film really outstanding film it's just that the four, like how how I said before, how they could make it more modern. Yeah, that's all. So, I, I, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you can go. 
I'm done so, talking. Aside from the animation, do you think that they can make anything else more modern? No, I think that's all just the animation. Yeah, that's all. I, I think they should make more modern. Just the animation, that's all. I see. Well, that's very fair. And since there are multiple episodes, you said 20-something episodes. Yeah, 20-something. Uh, yeah, 20 episodes. Okay, exactly 20. Uh, what would you say your favorite episode is? I would say the one about our Earth, our Earth's atmosphere. Because, like, I never learned a lot about our Earth's atmosphere in school. We only learned about our, our Earth in school a lot because we live on planet Earth. So it's really cool to learn about more planets than just Earth. Yeah, I agree. That is really cool. And you're right. They don't really teach about our solar system, the other planets, our solar system yeah. quite a lot. So I'm glad that they did point that out. Well, yeah. Seven, thank you so much for talking to me about this DVD. Thank you so much. Of course. For our viewers, if you have some kids that you think this would be perfect for, or you just want to learn some things yourself, definitely check it out. It sounds very interesting. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And right now we're going to switch gears. And even though it is almost Thanksgiving, we're actually going to jump a little bit ahead and talk about a Christmas film. That's going to be Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. And we're going to be talking to Natalia about this. So, Natalia, how are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. So Great to hear. Thank you very much. There have been a lot of attempts of making Dr. Seuss's classic story into the big screen in cinema. How did this one do? I definitely think this one was an upgrade from the last one of The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. I think it was more in time, more modern. The animation was filmed and intensely, and it will have you gazing at the screen, without a doubt, definitely. But it's the animation has more pop of color. It's diverse and i just love this film so much it had so much comedy and the real life characters i think they did such an amazing job well that's very good to hear now i want to ask something immediately because this is something i'm worried about if people know the classic store and people have seen the previous films and animations do you think they're going to get anything new out of this one Yes, I definitely think, think not just because of the visual arts, the, the background arts, the animation. I think so much more. They've added such a different plot than the last time. I think the last time was more focused on the main reason of why he likes Stole Christmas, of how he plotted it out, the main reasons of into that, getting more into his sort of idea of it. I think this one really focuses on what he was going. I think this one focuses on how he changes, like, as this one says, Dr. Susan Green, she mostly focuses on instead of ins instead of talking about how the plot was last time, it was just how he stole Christmas, how he changed it in his emotional turnover. Well, that's very good. I'm glad to hear that they did something new with it. And we have a pretty great cast. I mean, we have Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays the Grinch. We also have Pharrell Williams, who's narrating, and a whole list of other people. So how was the voice acting in this? Well, the lead characters in this film are The Grinch, voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch, Cindy Lou Who, voiced by Cameron Seeley, and The Mayor of Whoville, voiced by Angela Lansbury, and as you said, the narrator, voiced by Pharrell Williams. I think they all did a very um, amazing job in this movie, really. They did an amazing job bringing the script to life and voicing all these amazing characters. That's very good to hear. I would expect that from such a wonderful cast, and I'm glad they were able to come together. And I want to know... How was this for the festive mood? Because it isn't quite Christmas yet, but this is a Christmas film, and it's already out in theaters now. So do you think it fits well despite it not really being Christmas season quite yet? 
I think everybody can enjoy this film, no matter even if it's closer to the Thanksgiving. I think everybody should enjoy it. And I think this holiday film will definitely bring lots of laugh and humor. And this film certainly provides positive messages about optimism and compassion, stuff like that. And I think everybody shall enjoy it. Well, that's absolutely wonderful to hear. And this is such a classic story. And I'm so happy that they brought it to the next generation as well. And I want to ask you, what age range do you think this is best for? Because it is based off a children's book. I recommend it for ages 4 to 16, as well as adults. And can you explain why that is? I chose 4 to 16 because I think many can enjoy this overall, anybody. But I think 4 to 16 will really get into it as well. Well, that's very good to hear. And how many stars would you give the film? Let's see, I'd give this film a million oops. I can't choose a million. I guess five <laughs> out of five stars. <laughs> well, I can imagine it must have been a really great film then. And would you say you can choose a favorite scene in the film? My favorite part of the film is without a doubt when the grumpy and cruel Grinch changes his attitude and action choice. I mean, he has a change of heart and experiences his old ways to become happy and respectful and feels valued. And I think everybody should feel, especially in Whoville, it's just filled with joy and happiness. And I just think that it was my favorite part out of the whole film. You know, that's what I really liked about the children's book. It is meant for children, but there are so many messages in a lot of Dr. Seuss's works that can apply equally for adults. It's just really amazing what he was able to do with such simple stories. Now, this is the third or fourth film based off The Grinch. Do you think they should keep making them like every 10 to 15 years, make another one of these? Or do you think that The Grinch had his spotlight and it's time to move on? Well, this enjoyable, wonderstruck, I mean, emotional, those are all names that go perfect with this film. I think this series should continue of more Grinch movies. I think the Grinch has not taken his way out of the spotlight. Everyone enjoys the Grinch. Even though he's cynical and grumpy, he changes his heart, and I think that's what everybody loves about him. I can definitely agree with that. He is definitely one of the most memorable characters out of all of Dr. Seuss's works. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. For our viewers, it's not quite Christmas yet, but get in the give, giving and thanking spirit by watching Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. It is now, now in theaters near you. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this week's show is sponsored by New Adventures with Gumby's 80 series. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? 
Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Dr. Seuss's The Grinch 2018 version. Now we're going to be talking with the wonderful Arjun about the new family drama comedy, Instant Family. Thank you so much, Arjun, for talking about this film. My pleasure. Now, um, this film has kind of come close home to me because I'm um, from someone who's also, who's also adopted. Um, it's nice that we're able to show more of that in um, through film because usually I, a lot of films about like adopting somebody, it's usually a horror film, and that's kind of funny to see that because I when I see a lot of adoption films, it's usually about that. But now it's nice to see talk about foster care, the foster care system nowadays. So it's a uh, it's a great film to show that kind of representation. So um, Arjun, what did you think about this film? Um, I I actually I thought it was um really good for. Uh what they were going for. I think that it presents a new light on foster kids in general, but it's not completely like a drama movie. You know, it has the, you know, the similar comedy that you'd find in Sean Anders' other films, but I liked that he kind of ventured into something new um, and based it around his personal experiences with um, his adopted kids. And I think it really gave the movie some heart. And overall, I thought it was a really good movie. Yeah, I saw the trailer for it, and I was, and it just just seemed nice. And I don't know, it's one of those films that you just go, aw. That's just all. You just gotta go, aw. And it's just so sweet. Um, and of course, you, you mentioned Sean Andreas, who also made like Daddy's Home and Horrible Bosses and We're the Millers. He's done a lot of great comedies, but it's nice that he's kind of going something more. It's still comedy, but like lighthearted, like family drama, which is nice. So um, what did you think about the actors in this film? Because you got amazing, the amazing Rose Byrne and also Mark Wahlberg. Um, the the cast in this movie is just, it was extremely talented. One of the, you know, most, I guess they interacted with each other a lot. I actually went to the um, press conference in New York for this movie. So I get I got to meet all of the cast, uh, most of the cast. Uh, some of them couldn't make it, but... Um, uh, what I met was just it was an it was just an extremely talented group. You know, it, it seemed like they were honestly just a real family, um, and the performances were great. You know, great comedy. There's just a lot of situations that I found myself just you know laughing over. It was it was amazing. Definitely. And speaking about that press conference, um, tell us a bit about your experience on um, meeting the cast. So. I didn't get to meet them for long. I did ask uh, some questions and learned, you know, a lot more info. Like, for example, one of the questions I asked was, you know, about was regarding Sean and um, Mark Wahlberg because uh, it's their third co- collaboration. And I kind of just asked, you know, where could you see your, yourselves going from this? Uh, what, you know, what's the most, bu- you know, what's the biggest thing about that experience? And, you know, they they really just enjoy working with each other in general. Um 
But I, uh, my main experience came from interviewing uh, two of the child actors, Juliana Gamis and Gustavo Quiroz. Um, and they just, they honestly seem like real life siblings. It was, it was just, it was just so cute and wonderful meeting the two of them. Definitely. It is very, it's a great cast, um, certainly. And especially since with a story like this about relationships and about becoming a family and, um, this, these kind of heartwarming stories, you gotta have a, gotta have good actors to be able to portray these characters and certainly like connect with each other. So it's great that they were to great um, have a great ensemble for this film. So, what would you say is the main message of this movie? Ooh, it's a you know, there's quite a lot of messages in the movie. Um, one, it, it you know, it presents a new um, I guess light on foster kids in general, and you know why we should you know consider looking into them because you know, you know they really do need someone to look up to. And it also goes over just the difficulties of parenting in general, that it's not going to be some easy task. You're going to have to go the extra mile for everything they go through. And I honestly just thought it was a um, one. It was a wonderfully presented movie. It didn't, you know, gloss over anything. It went through all aspects of parenting in general. Um, and also just, you know, I, I kind of got a clearer viewpoint of the foster care system in general. Definitely. And yeah, I'm taking it from, from being raised by a single mother. Um, parenting has got to be by far the hardest job in the world. Um, yes. So it's it's not easy and nobody's ever prepared. But it's great for films like this to kind of like shed light on that kind of situation. That I think a lot of adults can relate to. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. This show is sponsored by Gumby's New Adventures, 80s edition. We're going to continue our conversation with the one for Arjun about instant family. So uh, what would you say is your favorite character in this film? My favorite character? That's a uh, tough one. Mm-hmm. I really did um, like all the characters on their own regard because, uh, you know, everyone has their own, you know, quirk, I guess. You know, Gustavo Carosa's character, for example um whose name was uh juan i believe it was juan um you know he kind of has you know his his share of bad luck and you know there are a few i guess slapstick incident incidents involving that and it's kind of like a a key like i guess characteristic of his character but um i like that he also you know mar mar you know mark Wahlberg's character and him they just had a lot of conversations over sports you know isabella moner's character is you know kind of like that teenager she's always on her mood and all that sort of thing and you know i just thought there were some really funny scenes regarding that she just kind of become a big problem of like not a big problem but like just a main kind of inner conflict with the movie just as like you know these are just you know my foster parents are two people i really don't know and she just has a lot of insecurities regarding that i thought that was well presented and of course juliana gamis just so cute um, as Lita, she's just like hilarious to watch. She just kind of had that big energy regarding her. And I honestly think I liked all of the kids in general. I think Mark, you know, Mark Wahlberg, Rose Byrne, they also give their all-star talent into the movie. They really made it feel believable as parents. So I, I don't know. That's a tough one, favorite character. But I really like the whole family in general. It's really nice when you when you ask like who's your favorite character and then you just like oh, I can't choose. There's just so many yeah. great actors in this film, so that's really good to to hear. Uh, what would you say is your favorite scene in this movie? 
There were a lot of uh, great scenes in this movie, but I did like a scene in particular where um, Mark Wahlberg's character is making, you know, a progress of sort with um, the teenager. I thought it was a very uh, touching scene because she's just kind of causing all sorts of, like, you know, problems in the house. You know, she's not listening or doing anything. So he straight up just grabs a sledgehammer and starts crushing things. And he's like, you know what? When I'm angry, this is how I deal with things. I just thought it was a, you know, really cute moment between the two. And I really like the scene overall. There's a good, you know, well-done montage regarding that. Definitely. And I also love what, what, now, for someone who hasn't seen the film who is definitely excited to go see it, um, is that it shows a prime example of that family's not bound by blood. It's it's um, it's a feeling, it's a, it's a trust and love that just kind of grows with each other. So it's it just seems like, it's just one of those heartwarming films that, you know, is perfect for, like, especially for Thanksgiving coming up. Um, so Arjun, what would you say is the age range for this film? I would say a 10 to 18 just because, you know, there's some language and some sexual references too. But I feel like anyone 10 and up can easily watch this movie. And I feel like it will be a great experience with family. Definitely. And how, how many stars would you give this film? I would say a 4.5 out of 5 stars. A few of the jokes didn't land as much as others. But for the most part, it was a very consistent comedy has a has a real big heart compared to a lot of other comedies and i feel like the director really outdid himself on this one and really just delivered the story he wanted to tell definitely and also i oh no sean andreas is I, he just he, his films i'm a, i'm not the biggest fan of his films to be honest i mean I, I did like daddy's home and some of his other films but it's nice to be able to as a director have a certain style and be able to break out into something new and try something else new yeah, I definitely, I was, I, you know, I definitely feel the same way about some of his films, too. He's He seems to be really good with comedy, but, you know, sometimes on the emotional core, his movies just kind of fall flat. But this movie, it was just absolutely great. It, it even seems like he's learning almost as a director, and he really just delivered greatly at this movie. Definitely, and I, who knows? Maybe it's, maybe it'll be, um, maybe we'll see more from him, hopefully branching out into different kind of films, so... Could be the beginning of a beautiful new career. Thank you so much, Arjun, for talking about Instant Family. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Um, this film is in theaters now, so please go check it out. It's a perfect thing for the fam- for a time of being with your family. And once again, for Thanksgiving people, no family is perfect. We argue, we fight, we even stop talking to each other at times. But in the end, family is family. And we love them for being there always. So... Hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and definitely this is a film to go check out to remind us the true meaning of family. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Gumby's New Adventures, New Adventures, 80s edition. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. 
All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished talking about Instant Family, and we're going to keep talking with Arjun now, but we're now going to be talking about the Nutcracker and Four Realms. So, Arjun, let's just jump into this. This is going to be one of the many many, many attempts of changing and modifying and updating the very famous Nutcracker. So how did this one stand out? How did this one fail? And how did this one succeed? So I did think it was, it wasn't a, it wasn't the greatest movie ever, but it's a very beautiful movie. It has very great performances, so it makes it watchable enough. But I do feel like, you know, there comes a point where change can be a little too, um, big in a movie like this because it really doesn't feel like the nutcracker at times it kind of just feels like its own thing and i did like that they incorporated a lot of the ballet which is you know a pivotal thing to the nutcracker you know the fact that it's you know a ballet play you know and i enjoyed that the most about the movie that they kept some of the roots but i did feel like this is just kind of its own thing trying to spawn another franchise Huh, well, that's interesting. You know, there's been a lot of these epic, visual effects-heavy, super-wide fantasy films coming out recently, and I'm not sure what I think of them. Now, I'm a fan of classical music, so I want to know about the music immediately, because, of course, the first Nutcracker, the original, was done by the very famous composer Tchaikovsky. So, did they change the original score at all, and if so, did they improve it, or did they make it worse? They may have modified a few changes, but I did like that they kept the original score mostly intact. They didn't use it as much as you would think, but it was it was used, you know, pretty well regardless, you know, and it's and it's noticeable. Like you're not gonna come out of this movie saying, you know what, there is not no music from the Nutcracker. But I do feel that, you know, diverging from the roots did kind of affect, you know, that aspect of the movie. But it's there and it's it's done well. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And do you think that it was a proper thing to go away from the original Nutcracker and kind of go its own direct direction? Or do you think in the long run that actually hurt it? I think in the long run it might actually hurt it. Um, I do like that, you know, they were bold with their direction they're taking this movie. And, you know, they went in a new direction, which is always something I love to see. You know, when you see the same old thing, you know, it's kind of like, why are they still making this? Um, but... I really feel that at times, you know, it's just kind of like they wanted to make a different movie, not the Nutcracker, but you know what? It's got to be the Nutcracker. And I do feel that kind of 
that kind of hurt it the most for me, this movie, which is still, you know, filled with the talented cast, beautiful visuals, but I just feel like it's it's kind of just its own thing, not the Nutcracker. Well, I'm, I have to ask, because if this does differ, what exactly is the story? Maybe we can talk about the plot of the film a little bit, because maybe it's not what we all know as the Nutcracker. So it does incorporate similar themes, like such as, you know, the main, you know, young protagonist, you know, the girl being involved. They kind of give her a newer and emotional background regarding her mother's death. And, you know, she's, of course, transported into the world. But it really this world feels like something you would see in a more fan fantasy CGI based, you know, world. Even the nut, the Nutcracker, which is supposed to be the main part of the title, I feel like I'm branding too much on the movie, which I did, I did enjoy it. But the Nutcracker, which is the main part of the title, he, it's just kind of a brief passing reference. Like he's a main, he's a main character in the movie, but if by the time the movie ends, you wouldn't have realized he's the Nutcracker because they didn't really mention he's the Nutcracker. Huh. Well, that's rather interesting. So, do you think that if someone knows about the Nutcracker, either saw the ballet or saw one of the movie adaptations, do you think they can enjoy this film? I think they can enjoy it. I think they'll come off, you know, rather, dis uh, you know, slightly disappointed in, you know, what they've watched because, you know, the Nutcracker is something they hold very highly. And, you know, when you see a movie with the name The Nutcracker on it, you know, you, you, comparisons are going to be made. It's, you know, it's a big thing nowadays when you change, you know, certain franchises up uh and i do i do feel that the movie would work best for honestly people who haven't seen the original and are just you know looking for a good you know fantasy adventure movie i feel like those people are the ones who are going to enjoy it the most you know uh like i said this kind of has been a trend where we got all these beautiful cgi and vfx skills and now we're going to pump them into a whole bunch of fantasy movies i know alice through the looking glass had this really complex big world look and it failed really horribly do you think that having such a complex cgi in the film helps it at all or do you think kind of just gets in the way of the story i feel like having the cgi it's beautiful to look at you know the first thing i noticed when i watched the movie i was like wow it's beautiful and just the way it's filmed it's, it's amazing but at the same time it kind of loses the nutcracker identity it's 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 you know it's kind of a a double-edged sword of sorts because you know it it kind of helps the movie but it also brings it down because you know what they're trying to go for here is you know a newer direction which i get but you know the nutcracker from the play you know some of the visuals are rather grounded which is i don't know how to explain it but it's not more of like something you would see alike to kind of a, the world of star wars I definitely agree. You're listening to Kids vs. Comic Attractions on the Voice of America Kids Network. And right now we're going to continue talking about the Nutcracker and Four Realms with Arjun. And I also noticed when I watched the trailer and some clips from it that the costumes were really, really complex, really colorful, a lot of layers, a lot of designs. Can you kind of talk about your opinion on the costume design for the film? I think the costume design is um, absolutely, like, beautiful, well done, you know, Disney, it's Disney, you know, the costume design, the special effects, you know, it's all-star. And what you get here is essentially a Disney movie, but it kind of is just a Disney movie. It doesn't really have too much of an identity. And that, that can be kind of seen in the costumes, which are just kind of colorful just because they're colorful. But I still feel it's, it's a, you know, it's very beautiful to look at.
Well, that's good to hear. And how many stars would you give this film? So, because the movie, I feel like the main issue of it is kind of a lack of identity within the Nutcracker, you know, the Nutcracker, I guess, like, as a franchise. Like, I mean, not really as a franchise, but what they were going for here. And it, it kind of just seems a lot like style over substance. I would say it's a three out of five stars. I see. And would you say that they should keep making these kind of films where they take a very classic story or classic ballet in this in this example and modify it slightly and bring it to the uh, new screen? Do you think that they should continue that trend and kind of keep trying to make a good one or that they should try something else? I really feel that Disney for now should, you know, kind of stop, just stop a little bit. But um, like, don't. Like, I don't think it's, like, a really horrible practice that's ruining the identity of Disney or anything, but I really feel that they need some new blood, which I guess they're even finding through, you know, their animated movies, for example. But um, in terms of the live-action side of things, they really need to find some new blood, like, something alike, just, like, say, for example, when Pirates of the Caribbean first started, it was it was something unlike anything Disney audiences had seen before of Disney. I think that they kind of need a new Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, that's a very good example of what Disney needs. And, you know, I kind of feel the same that it is getting very repetitive. It's the same thing over and over again. It's disappointing to see that. And I saw that this had a hundred million plus budget. And if you look at it, it's pretty obvious why. And it only made 20 million in box office so far. Yeah. So that's Not definitely a sign. At least the movie. That's another thing. Yeah, so it's very disappointing to see that. And especially because we do have an amazing cast. I mean, we have people like Mackenzie Foy, who plays Clara. Uh, sorry, Clara. We have Tom Sweet, who plays Fritz. We have Morgan Freeman, who plays uh, Drosselmeyer. So what did you think about the acting? Acting was absolutely great. Um, even though I was earlier complaining about how the Nutcracker really isn't mentioned, the guy playing him was amazing, and I think he really deserves a highlight. His name was uh, Jaden Favora Knight. I might be mispronouncing that a little. I think it was just his, it was like only his second role in a movie, and he plays the Nutcracker Philip. They just kind of just call him Philip, which I thought was a little weird. You know, you could maybe somehow make like a reference to him as the Nutcracker, but. I think he was absolutely great. You know, I love that he kind of just sold us on the fact that he's a nutcracker, even though an audience are, are probably going to be watching the movie. They're not going to know that he's the nutcracker just because of how much they just kind of gloss over it. But I thought he was brilliant. Well, that's very good to hear. I'm glad that the cast was able to get together and bring this story to the big screen once again. My final question for you is what age range do you give this film and why? I think I would give it a... A 6 to 18. Um, there can be a few scenes which may be intense to younger kids, but, you know, there's not really any death. You know, it's toy soldiers, and uh, they kind of find a way to make it, like, have as less casualties as possible. So, like, the war is, like, honestly as nonviolent as it could be. So I think for that reason, I think 6 and up should be okay with watching it. Yeah, you do have to remember, it's a Disney film, it's a fantasy. They're definitely going to keep it rather age-appropriate. Well, Arjun, thank you so much for talking to me about the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. My pleasure. 
And for our viewers, if you'd like to check it out, it is out now in theaters now. It definitely still looks like it's a beautiful film visually and that it still has a lot to offer. So check it out. And also, I hope you all have an absolutely amazing Thanksgiving. Spend it with your family. Have a great meal and just have a great day and relax as well. And also a great Christmas and other holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. But thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases. And to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of the Huffington Post. This show is produced for, by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by New Adventures with Gumby's 80s. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.